Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I will tell you what it was, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now. Um, what I was like. Uh, I usually start off by saying I was fat and I was unhappy, unpleasant. I was angry all the time. I had uh, no friends. I didn't know how to make a friend. Um, I was going up and down in the scale. Uh, 50 and 60 pounds at a time. I, um, the first time I had unbridled access to food uh, was when I got out of high school, I went into the Air Force and I got uh, access to the mess hall. And I didn't know um, that I was a compulsive overeater, but I knew that I wanted like what they had in those lines and I ate more than I needed and I kept eating more than I needed. So when I, when you go in, you get measured for your uniforms, uh, like right at the first day or right couple of first day, right at the end of the, uh, at the end of basic training, my uniform really didn't fit because I had gained so much weight. Um, so uh, I started a, a pattern and a practice of um, taking weight off very effectively by starving myself or over-exercising or both. I would do both at once and I would take weight off really fast. Um, and then it would come back on sometimes gradually uh, over the years from uh, Right before I got into OA, I got in April 1st of 1985. So that, that date is, the, is after a very, like a year-long period of me not being able to control my weight with uh, food, uh, exercise or um, starving because I couldn't stop eating anymore. I couldn't not eat. That ability had been taken away from me completely. So no matter how much I exercised, I couldn't lose the weight. Um, and I was completely out of control. Um, and that included, um, you know, my head was so messed up. My body was messed up too, but my head was just complete. It was awful. I was so confused about everything. Like, I just couldn't make it. Anyway, so I had gone through law school and I had starved my way down to a weight, you know, I starved my way to a kind of a normal weight. And then um, life got in the way and I got in my own way and I gained back 50 or 60 pounds. And um, by the time I graduated from law school, uh, I was living in other people's houses on their couches. Um, I couldn't get a job. I couldn't hold a job. Um, 
I was like a drug addict, except I was a compulsive overeater. Um, my car was breaking down all the time and I was hanging around. What is this? The expression, um, lower fellows, whatever. I was hanging around with the wrong people. Um, and I had a friend who was in AA. I guess she was, I had a friend. <laughs> and uh, she, one day she, she said to me, hey, Olivia, would you like to come to a, an OA meeting? And I said, sure. You know, I thought she needed to go. She was asking me to go with her. I figured I'd go with her because she needed to go. And it turned out that it really was for me. So we went into that meeting in San Diego. And this was when San Diego back, uh, the, the intergroup office was like, like a long hall, a long hall with chairs like on either side. And there was a long center aisle and there was a podium up at the front. And the, uh, and people would, you know, raise your hand, you walk up to the, you know, through the aisle and go up there and share. And um, at the time, I was 29 years old. And I was convinced at that time that there, there was really no happiness in the world. I was miserable. And anybody who was laughing and joking and lighthearted was a bullshitter. I didn't trust them for anything. So that skeptic in me walked in those doors and I heard what they said, which was um, they were doing what I was doing or they had done what I was doing. And a lady came up to me after the meeting. She walked up to me and she said, keep coming back. And I remember feeling like I needed to have the solution and all of the good stuff in that very moment, or I was going to die. And I, I wanted it all at once, you know, but I knew I had to keep coming back. And that, for some reason, that lady, I can still see her in my mind's eye. Um, she was an older woman, probably in her fifties. Now I'm 60. So I'm like, I'm in my sixties now. So I'm an old bag. Um, anyway, she, uh, she said, keep coming back. So I got in there and, uh, I started coming back. So, um, what happened? I got into OA April 1st of 1980. That's five, Olivia. Great. I'm just about to go into what, what happened. I got into, um, got into OA in April of 1985 and I, um, I somehow got a job that was almost like being a lawyer. <laughs> I was actually going into law offices to train them on how to use the computer to do their legal research. Because, of course, I think there's the heavier you are, the lower your self-esteem. It's like this inverse proportion thing. And it wasn't me anyway. So my my self-esteem was in the toilet all the time. So I get a job <laughs> doing this and um, I start going around to law firms and I had not passed the bar yet. I didn't pass twice. 
And of course that hurt my self-esteem too. And, you know, anyway. Um, so I started going to meetings and what would happen is I'd go to the meeting, I'd raise my hand and tears would start coming down. So it was an automatic response. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. I was like, you know, a big, a big uh, blubber, a blubber puss, I think they're called. So I blubbered my way through like, you know, a couple of years. Um, I'll tell you my last binge. So I identified pretty early on what the problem foods were. And most of it was S-U-G-A-R. Anything with that. And I was a goner. So I said, no sugar. And I started taking off the weight and I started maybe acting a little bit more normal. Um, in December, I went back home to New Jersey of 85. I went back home to New Jersey and I started a binge when I was in New Jersey. Uh, my sister had made this she's a bakery chef. So she had made this thing that I could not resist. I had to have a piece. I was going to have one piece. Well, that led to about a three month full tilt boogie binge, just anything and everything I could get my hands on. And I guess I needed that binge because from when I stopped and I, I don't remember the date. So I use April 1st, 1985 as my, I guess my, my birth, it's really a birth of some kind. So I started coming back and I got a sponsor. And the funny thing about it is I got the sponsor. They said, here's the list of sponsors. And I went up to a lady. She said, no, I won't be your sponsor, but this is what you got to do. You got to start at the top of the list and call every name until you hit one that says yes. And man, did I not want to do that. But I did it because I had to. And I got this old lady. She was old then. And I started doing my work. And I started, like, losing the weight. And, you know, then, uh, let's see, what happened? Um, I started becoming, like, happier. And I started having... I. I was able to go around. I passed the bar in 1986, 1985, 86. Yeah, I passed in 86. I, I kept that job doing the training in the law firms. And one time this law firm said, you know, why are you doing this? And why aren't you being a lawyer? And I said, well, you know, nobody's asked me yet. And they said, oh, we're going to ask. So I took a job there and what I realized is my self-esteem was still in the toilet. So every day I'd get up, I'd get dressed and I'd go to that job as a lawyer and I would have to pray to my higher power to please give me the strength to make mistakes because I was so afraid of making mistakes I had to pray every single day. And that drive was from San Diego to Rancho Bernardo. And 
thank God that I had that prayer and thank God I had this program to tell me that I could do that, to make it so that I could get and walk through the door of that law office. Because if I had not had it, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. Um, I was just completely, it's like being shell-shocked by life. I was shell-shocked. Anyway, so I got a job. Eight minutes left. Eight more minutes. So what it's like now. So I got the job. I progressed through the law field, got my, you know, I progressed. I got a job with a big firm. I did that whole hoo-ha thing. Um, And a couple, like 15, 20 years ago, I opened my own place and I mushed the dogs on that. And the whole time I've been in OA and it has not been perfect, not in, not close to perfect. Um, I had a relapse when I was about 10 and it was a pretty long one. Like I was not going to meetings and I was getting, I gained some weight, maybe 15 pounds. And what really changed was the head. I was constantly angry and hostile and, uh, you know, I was mean. I don't know. It was just a real you know what storm in my head. So I, uh, I came back with vigor and I've through the last say 15 to 20 years, I've attended big book workshops uh, on a number of number yearly things. I think I've done it through like five separate times. Uh, Those just blew my mind. They, they really helped me. Um, intense work in the big book and in the 12 and 12. Um, And where I'm at now. So I am at the end of my law career. Um, I've been talking and chatting with a fellow who's on this call right now for many, many years. And she and I have been talking about, I've been talking to her about retirement and how, how I do it and, you know, God works in my life in strange ways because in November of 20, no, November of 2019, I was wailing and whining and bitching and moaning about how am I going to retire? When am I going to retire? You know, like doing the big, huge, smallest violin in the world for Olivia. So COVID happened in March of 2020. And I have been grateful for COVID because it has forced me to slow down and change my way of, uh, you know, I would go from pillar to post. I'd have three appointments in one day. I would be working for 12, 15, 18 hours a day, and I could not do it. And what I've What God has given me through this almost like uh, cocoon that he put me in was I have been able to see that my life after practicing law, I want it. I don't want to continue practicing law because there's a lot of, a lot for me right now. I've got a 66 year old body and mind and my blood vessels and I can't handle the pressure as well as I did when I was 40 or 30. I, 
I just don't want to do it anymore. And um, so I've slowly winnowed the cases down. And, uh, you know, God keeps showing me probably just daily that I don't want to keep doing this. And those lessons are really hard for me because I think, okay, you, I got it. Just leave me alone and let me get this done. But no, because I am a compulsive overeater. I will, I will um, take my will back and I will grab onto it and I'll run with it. And pretty soon I'll have, I started, I used to have like 60 case cases in my caseload. I have 20 now and I'm trying to get it into the teens and it's been really hard, but I'm going to do it over time. So I have to be patient and that ain't easy patience. Um, so how, how and why do I stay abstinent? Well, I work a pretty strenuous program, in my opinion. I, uh, I call my sponsor every day. I talk to about three or four sponsees a day. Um, I read literature every day. I pray every day. Uh, part of my abstinence and my lifestyle is I try to exercise a pretty religiously five or six days a week walking. Um, I used to want to be, um, I used to try to like get on the treadmill and become an Olympic athlete, but that doesn't work anymore. So I've done the walking now. And uh, I, uh, I sponsor, I give service. I'm a, uh, I'm an intergroup rep out here in the inland empire where I moved. Um, so I'm giving intergroup service now. And uh, so I just hope people just keep coming back no matter what, because it works when we work it and it is worth it. Um, so thank you, Karen, for, for uh, asking me to, to lead the meeting. And I see many people's faces here who I know and who I absolutely adore um, who were part of my have been part of my recovery and who still are part of my recovery. And I'm so grateful to all of you. Um, I love each and every one of you. Thank you.